an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's up, folks? Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. It is the Jason Martin Show for the next three hours. I'm with you here on Fox Sports Radio. I am Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can find me there. As for Geico, well, you know the drill. 15 minutes to save you 15% or more on car insurance. That's obvious at this point. Visit Geico.com. That's the website. Get yourself a free rate quote. So, we got a lot to get to. NFL, we're getting closer and closer. There's wild card rankings. We're going to get into that. New college football playoff. Rankings have come out on Tuesday, but they have definitely been messed with to some extent. We'll give you our top 10, which we do at the top of every second hour on this program. So that you can look forward to. I'm going to definitely talk some pro wrestling at Big Survivor Series weekend for WWE, but I want to talk about AEW and a lot of things that are going on in the pro wrestling landscape. That's still to come. Also, I want to talk about The Mandalorian, which everybody is talking about right now and as I'm a television and film critic in addition to what I do behind the microphone. 
we got to talk about what everybody else is talking about. And it's actually a real positive because the show's a lot of fun. So there's a whole lot that we can get to. There's also another cat on the field. This one, a college cat, a gray cat instead of a black cat. Went and hid, didn't make it into the end zone, didn't stop Ryan Lee from suggesting that he should have been signed. The game was not good. Memphis with a blowout. So the cat was actually, I guess you could say, a good thing for that game because it gave you something memorable at least. There's also NBA news with potential schedule changes to the regular season to try and spice it up and make it interesting, make it more interesting. Because even when you've got Clippers Rockets on Friday night for ESPN, does the game really matter? The more regular season games you have, the less the regular season tends to matter. I've done that math before on this show. Maybe we'll do it again, but we'll discuss that. We'll also discuss what Marcus Smart had to say after getting into a verbal altercation with a fan and how he made sense, but maybe not in the way that he meant to. Well, we got to start with Oregon, right? That was interesting, to say the least. And as bad a loss as it was for Oregon, how bad a loss might it have been for Utah? Because now Utah is not going to have quite as good a win if they were to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Utah is doing all that they can. But Oregon lost to an Arizona State team that hadn't won in over a month. Had lost four games in a row. Trending in every bit of the wrong direction. I don't think it was a trap game because I don't know what you're looking ahead to if you're Oregon unless you're already looking ahead to the Pac-12 title game, which there was no need to be doing. You had the best opportunity, I thought, of the one-loss Pac-12 teams for sure to get a berth. And the main reason is because the name of your university is Oregon and people know who you are. Now, I'm not going the fine bomb route, even though he apologized for it, and suggesting that Oregon's AD, that's the head of the college football playoff selection committee this year, can't be trusted in this case. That's been true in the past, too. Ohio State's had people in that room. A lot of people have had people in that room, but it's not like he can turn around and force everybody in that room to vote for Oregon. Yeah, he can make the case. Now he can't make the case. The question is how far is Oregon going to drop, but the season's a wrap in terms of them getting into the top four. That's how fast it can go from hero to zero in college football, which is why I continue to say being a college football coach compared to being an NFL football coach, boy, I I don't know that the pressure's not a little bit lessened in the pros than it is to the college because you can actually overcome a loss. For Cristobal, this thing's done. Justin Herbert had a – I mean, he, he didn't play the worst game you've ever seen. Maybe the most amazing thing about this Oregon loss is that Oregon, statistically speaking, wasn't doing dreadful stuff. Now, Herbert threw a couple of interceptions. He was a little off, no question. And the freshman Daniels for Arizona State was out of his mind. Over 400 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. But Oregon ran for more yards on many less carries. 41 for 127 for Arizona State, 28 for 154 for Oregon. Herbert still threw for over 300 yards in the game, including Johnson the third, because there's two Johnsons, but Johnson the third, who had 207 yards and two touchdowns, that being Johnny Johnson the third, number three. Every time you looked up, number three was making a play 
for Oregon. Turnover-wise, sack-wise, they both had two on, on, on all sides. Oregon had six tackles for loss in the game. There were the two big interceptions, no question about that. But this was a game that was not dominated by Arizona State. Although on the scoreboard, when you're looking into the fourth quarter and you see that Arizona State has a pretty commanding lead, but here comes Oregon back, you are waiting for the final shoe to drop. When that game is sitting there at 24-21, to 21, you're just assuming Oregon's going to win the ballgame because everything's going in their direction, and Arizona State has not been in this position before. You've got third down after the quarterback was sacked and couldn't get the ball out of his hands on second down, and then he finds Ayuk down the field, left side. Somehow he got open. Somehow he stayed on his feet. Somehow he took it to the house. This was an unbelievable play, and it was the end of Oregon's season, effectively. Unless you want to talk about exhibition games, and they'll play in a nice bowl game that's not going to matter at all because, and I will fight to the death on this, you can say that all the New Year's Six Bowls and all that kind of stuff, that all that stuff still matters, and I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to tell you that those are exhibitions that mean less to Oregon or should than losing to Arizona State did tonight. Or I guess last night now. Because with the exception of the two semis and the final in college football, the rest of that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to get your extra practices in. You're going to get your gift bag. You're going to go there. One of the teams a lot of times doesn't care to be there, and that's the team that loses. And sometimes it's the heavily favored team or the team that just barely missed a chance to play for something that actually counted. There are problems in every sport. I was mentioning the NBA schedule and what they're going to have to do with the regular season. There's nothing that college football needs to do with their regular season, really, with the exception of the SEC playing their eight regular season games and then, for example, Alabama today played Western Carolina and beat them 66-3. to Oregon playing nine conference games with the conference title game included there. And I think Joel Klatt actually said on Twitter, no one has actually gone through that slate undefeated. It's not been done before. And that's pretty impressive. Here's what he said. He he tweeted this from at Joel Klatt, one of the best analysts Fox will ever have. In fact, we have yet to see a team win nine regular season conference games and a championship game. Ohio State has the chance to be the first. Their schedule hadn't exactly been a murderer's row, but what they did to Wisconsin was impressive. What they did today to Penn State was fine. I keep saying today. Everything rolls when you don't go to sleep. That's the problem. Because I don't sleep before the show because it just doesn't make any sense with me being in the central time zone. I'm up. I've been up since 8 o'clock this morning. Or I guess now yesterday morning. It's whatever. You know what I'm talking about here. But Stuart Mandel of The Athletic, had tweeted out, Oregon is exactly why the SEC plays eight conference games and schedules Western Carolina in November. It's darn hard to win nine straight conference games. And then Clatt responds that it's not ever been done. Ohio State has a chance to do it. We'll see where I've got Ohio State ranked when we get to the top of the second hour of this program. But the bigger issue now is Oregon being out, Utah destroying Arizona, looking like a really balanced team with a great defense and the best quarterback no one's talking about in the country, Hunley, 
they are really, really good. Kyle Whittingham is the kind of coach that has shown up and beaten the big boys in bowl games. Maybe in, you can make the argument there that it was one that wasn't for the national title, so who cares? So Alabama got trucked by Utah. But this is what Whittingham does. If Whittingham gets into the college football playoff, that's dangerous for anybody. Not just because Utah is a very good team, but because Whittingham is an incredible coach. The question is, are they going to get in? Utah doesn't exactly jump off the page to you as a university, despite the fact that they've been a pretty good program for a long, long time. But the reason I thought Oregon had a better chance had more to do with Oregon as a name than anything else. That loss that Utah suffered is getting better. Whereas Auburn's dropped a couple of games, so maybe Oregon's doesn't look quite as good as it did when it was a one-loss team. Georgia's South Carolina loss continues to look brutal. Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State has taken a couple of hits. They were ranked at one point. Now they're not ranked. But Utah's loss was to SC. Slovis had, what, 500-some yards, broke a record at USC yesterday in that victory. But that's a team that is ranked in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings. That's a seven-win football team. It's not the worst loss. It didn't look good three weeks ago, but it looks better now. So how do you parse these one-loss football teams that still exist when you've got Georgia and you've got Alabama and you've got Utah and you've got Oregon and you've even got Minnesota? Because here's the thing. If Minnesota, who has Wisconsin next week, ESPN is going to send game day there, and it's the first time it will have ever been in Minneapolis, if Minnesota were to beat Wisconsin, they will have a chance to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. And if they beat Ohio State, how in the world do you keep them out? Even if you look at the front half of that schedule, they will have beaten Ohio State and Wisconsin and Penn State in the final month of the season. We've gone from two SEC teams making it in to at least a reasonable possibility that you could get two Big Ten teams into this mix if Minnesota somehow handles business. Now, that's a big if, and it's one that I don't think we're going to see come to fruition. I expect Wisconsin's probably going to beat Minnesota first, but I don't see them beating Ohio State even if they did get past the Badgers next week. But you've got chaos here, especially when you look at a Georgia team that beat a pretty average Texas A&M team. Now, A&M has one of the toughest schedules in the country. If you look at who they've played in and out of conference, it's been real difficult for them, but their record just ain't there. Kellen Mond hasn't been anything special this season. So winning 19-13, to although it allows a crazy stat about Georgia's defense and how historically good it is in conference, and I'll mention that when we get to the next hour when it's time to rate these teams, It's really hard for me not to want desperately in my own rankings to put a Utah at four because I feel like they deserve it. I don't know how they would stack up against Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. I don't know how they would stack up against it. 
But the truth of the matter is, I don't know how Oklahoma would stack up against Utah. I don't know how Georgia necessarily would stack up against Utah. That'd be a real low-scoring game probably because both of them have great defenses. Georgia's the most boring good team I've ever seen. Horrible to watch. Just like that game was on CBS with the with the A&M battle on Saturday. Just a not a fun watch at all. I would much rather see Utah in the college football playoff than I would Georgia, and I'm in SEC country. I think it would be more interesting. I think it might draw a little bit of interest from the West Coast, but I just tend to think Utah is more fun to watch on the field. I know that's not really how things are determined, but Oregon losing takes at least a little of the luster off the win that Utah could get in a couple of weeks over them. And it might be enough luster taken off that Utah is not going to get an opportunity, even though they're going to have one loss on the road to an SC team that their resume is improving as the season goes along. And they may lose out to a one-loss team that lost to somebody that's nowhere close to that good and in better situations. Keep in mind, Georgia at four, despite some of their wins, and trust me, those are good wins that they have had against Florida that has been valued high all season long. They've played a tough schedule as well. No doubt about it. That's a good football team. They beat Auburn again last last week, just as another example. They've walked through it. They've proven that they're a good football team. But that loss to South Carolina is really hard to look past. I know it came in overtime, but it also came at home. At home. To an SC team that, and this time I'm saying South Carolina, to a team that seems like Will Muschamp's going to be out of a job there, or at least that's some of the scuttlebutt that you're hearing out of SEC country right now. How do you rationalize that and keep Utah out? That's the question I have for you. But we will get to our top 10 when we rank that in the second hour of this show. The Oregon loss was a bit of a stunner. Maybe you could have seen it coming, but Arizona State was not trending in the direction of a team that was going to beat Oregon, even on their home field. And the way in which they did it, where they built the lead, even though it didn't look like it was dominant, here comes Oregon back, all the momentum on their side, and then boom, bomb, touchdown, ball game. That's unreal. Absolutely unreal. And it may have doomed the Pac-12 entirely out of the college football playoff. I don't know how you feel about that. Six one, or Sorry, it's 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369 if you want to reach this program. Or you can tweet me at jmartzone. I do want to talk some NBA. I know what James Harden is doing. I know how historic it is. And I'm here to tell you they're still not going to win a championship. I'll explain that. We'll talk about the NBA schedule. So much to get to off and running here. Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. 
BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So here's what I told Chris Perfett. I said, I'm not going to give him random bands at the end of every segment tonight. I'll make it a little different and just say, find me some stuff from Seattle in the 90s. And there's a wealth of material to choose from there. I might have made it too easy, but I'm just in that frame of mind tonight. Also in a Geico frame of mind, great news is a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you could save. I am Jason Martin. You can find me on Twitter at jmartzone, 877-99 on Fox. That's how you reach this program. One guy tweeted me during the break, Greg, said, Oregon should have lost by worse than the score showed. Herbert was forcing passes, should have had two more interceptions. Could be true. Uh, It's amazing that he was that flummoxed by the Arizona State defense in that game that he was trying he was trying to play hero ball in in a non NBA sense, in a non basketball sense. He was trying to will his team to a win because he just didn't understand what was going on in front of him. And there were I would say a lot of people probably didn't understand exactly what they were watching on television. But you just had a moment where Arizona State galvanized at home and made that a hostile environment, got behind the team 
and it just goes to show that anything can happen, which is why college football's regular season, and really the NFL's regular season as well, are so good. Which brings us to the NBA, which is looking at making changes to their regular season, adding these play-in tournaments, changing the way the playoffs are seeded, all this. This is from a report from Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe of ESPN. Potentially shortening the regular season to 78 games, reseeding the four conference finalists to make sure that you get the best matchup in the NBA finals that you can, a 30-team in-season tournament, and a postseason play-in. I look at all of these things, and here from the article, Commissioner Adam Silver has been driving this agenda of change, especially the in-season tournament cup modeled after European soccer for years. The NBA is selling the idea of lucrative television and sponsorship revenue that would drive long-term growth and combat stagnation in a rapidly splintering consumer environment. Let me tell you what rapidly splintering consumer environment means in layman's terms. We're getting our rear ends kicked by Netflix. We're getting our rear ends kicked by Hulu. We're getting our rear ends kicked by the WWE Network. We're getting our rear ends kicked, and believe me, they're going to be destroyed by Disney+. Plus. The entertainment eyeball is more important than the entertainment dollar. If you can't get me to tune in to your product, you have a problem. It doesn't matter how great your product is. If I'm not paying attention to it, it's irrelevant. And if I, in this case, is not just me, but it's a large swath of the entertainment watching public. If they're choosing to stream Parks and Recreation or The Office or Friends or Cheers or whatever, instead of watching your product, then you've got a problem. Now, it's a little bit different for the HBOs of the world because the HBOs, they're built off a subscriber base, but they can survive a lot of times based on critical word of mouth. Like I said, I'm a television critic. I've written about HBO shows for much of this decade. Much of the biggest ones. I've written long-form pieces on a lot of those episodes. And I can tell you that the shows that I like, the the shows, especially if my colleagues also tend to like them, the ones that are much more senior at this than I am, and those that are maybe newer at it than I am as well, if enough critics are behind a show on an HBO, it can survive. But it can't on ABC. It can't on CBS. It can't even on a USA or a TNT in most cases. There has to be enough eyeballs there in order to sell the ad revenue. And that's the difference for NHBO, for example, is they're not reliant on you being there to potentially watch commercials, which none of us watch them anyway if we can. But think about it. If you have a cable service and you go to watch something on demand from one of the networks. How many times does it say the rewind and fast forward, mainly just the fast forward function may not be available during this particular deal because you are supposed to be a captive audience to the ads. Makes me wonder, it's stunning to me that DVR tech hasn't had much more pushback from corporations and companies because all the DVR does is make me want to start watching everything. I want to time it out. This is what we do now. We do a math equation to determine how soon can we start X after it begins so that we're caught up by the top of the next hour 
but we have avoided all of the ads. And I would come to the conclusion that somewhere between 13 and 16 minutes would enable me to start Mad Men or Breaking Bad on AMC, and I would catch the end of it just as everybody else would, but I would skip all the commercials on the way there. Factoring in a a two-and-a-half-minute break here, a a three-and-a-half-minute break here, a three-minute break here, whatever it is, you do the math and you sometimes you want to go a little bit longer and then you just make sure you're not on social media where it can get spoiled and that's what you do. And I do it with sporting events too. Sports has a little bit of an advantage in that social media is constantly talking about what's happening in these games and you can subsist during commercial breaks on simply talking with the other hundreds of thousands of people watching the same thing you are that also happen to be on social media and then every once in a while you look up and maybe you see a you know a bud light ad or whatever it is but you have not necessarily had to avoid watching that thing live i mean i would do it with golf tournaments in particular i'd wait 3 4 hours watching when i got home because i love watching pga tour golf especially the majors and then i would just slice right through those commercials and a lot of times that would greatly shorten the time it takes to watch things even like wwe monday night raw you can watch a three-hour show on usa or you can watch smackdown over a two-hour period on fox or you can watch that thing in about 60 minutes or 45 minutes especially with a lot of content that you find skippable it gives you that opportunity but with an 82 game regular season in the nba There are very few must-see matchups in the regular season. What do I do? And I love the NBA. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know I do. I dig the league. But there are many weeks where I don't sit and watch an entire game from start to finish. I catch inside the NBA. I make sure that's DVR'd every single week. I watch it. I listen to those guys chat. I watch the highlights. I get kind of caught up on what's going on in the league. Every once in a while, I'll tune into the jump. And then once we get around Christmas and into January, I'm really starting to pay attention then. But that's just because I love hoops. Those games don't matter. I don't care that the Clippers beat the Rockets in a regular season. The only reason I care at all is because Kawhi had another game winner. And I think he's the best player in the league. And it was another cold-blooded moment for him. But it's not going to matter ultimately because it's one out of 82. This is the math equation that I've done on this show before. Baseball, one out of 162, that's not a big piece of pie. One out of 82, not a big piece of pie for the NBA and the NHL. One out of 16, pretty big piece of the pie in the NFL, but not quite as big. And the smallest being the college football season with with also the fewest amount of teams that actually get a chance to play in the postseason. With four that matter in terms of the college football playoff which is why the regular season in college football is so can't miss because things like Oregon losing to Arizona State happened and it was in effect a knockout game for the Oregon Ducks as they lost last night to Arizona State. In case you did not know, 31-28 to was that final. Justin Herbert threw a couple of picks. Greg on Twitter tells me he should have thrown a couple more. But the article goes further, the NBA article, and says discussions are progressing with hopes of bringing a vote to the April meeting of the league's Board of Governors that would introduce some, if not all, of these proposals into the NBA's 75th anniversary season of 2021 and 2022. So it wouldn't be immediate. And I don't know. I know that some of the ratings numbers have not been particularly good. And you've got LeBron on the West Coast, 
which means you don't have the strong lead-in that LeBron used to be on the East for the first game on TNT or the first game on ESPN when he was in Cleveland or Miami. Now he's in the late window, and you have to watch, I don't know, Celtics or Sixers or something like that. And I don't know what a draw that is on a national basis right now. I don't know if a lot of people are tuning in for Kemba. I don't know how many people are tuning in right now for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in November. How many of them are still in football mode? A lot of them may not even recognize the fact the NBA's begun. Or if they do, they think it's just barely out of the preseason. But it's real. And the play-in tourney, they're trying to make it so that what you have to watch before the postseason begins is worth your time. What you have to watch, you should feel like you have to watch. I'm not going to go watch BoJack Horseman. I'm going to watch this NBA game. Rapidly splintering consumer environment is how it's written here about Adam Silver and how they're trying to handle stagnation, meaning people going to watch The Mandalorian on Disney Plus instead of watching Clippers Rockets Friday night on ESPN, which is a great matchup because you had those two duos and you have these duos all across the NBA. And I said, right as all of free agency went bonkers, that we were about to have one of the greatest regular seasons in the history of the league. It was going to be awesome every single night. But admittedly, it's going to be awesome in an 82-game schedule where every one game does not really have that much of an impact on what's going to happen afterwards. One guy that always has an impact is Brian Finley. Let's head out to L.A., catch up with B., And see about the latest in sports. Brian, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Jason? Yeah, Deontay Wilder, the WBA heavyweight title winner. He remains undefeated after knocking out Luis Ortiz in the seventh round on Saturday in boxing. In college football, first-ranked LSU earns a spot in the SEC championship game after taking it easy on Arkansas. Just 56-20, they pulled Joe Burrow in the second half, and they nearly still covered the spread. Second-ranked Ohio State, able to blast eighth-ranked Penn State, 28-17. The Buckeyes clinched the Big Ten East. Sixth-ranked Oregon, as Jason was mentioning, brain farting in a 31-28 loss to Arizona State. So Oregon waves goodbye to their playoff hopes while 7th-ranked Utah in the Pac-12 still in the playoff hunt after taking down Arizona 35-7 and Utah safety Julian Blackman told ESPN after the game, quote, I hope you're ready because if we get to the playoffs, we're going to beat someone's brains in. That's it. Baylor earns a spot in the Big 12 title game for the first time after beating Texas 24-10. The Bears just two years ago lost 11 games. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The Lakers hold on against the Grizzlies 109-108. LeBron James scoring the go-ahead basket. He had 30 points. Zach Levine, a night after getting benched, had 49 Nine points on Saturday, including the game winner as the Bulls overcome the Hornets 116-115 and no Rudy Gobert out with an ankle injury and the Jazz get 37 points from Donovan Mitchell as they win over the Pelicans 128-120. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. 
Thank you, thank you, uh, Brian. And if you didn't hear what he just said about Geico, hear me. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by, guess who? Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So the NBA is trying to spice up its regular season because it's a long regular season. And they want to make it... They want to make people pay attention to what's happening before the postseason begins. And unless you're a hoop head like me, and even me, admittedly right now, I'm still in football mode, so I haven't quite gotten there yet. I agree with those that believe that if the NBA season began on Christmas Day, we might be better off. When I saw that they're looking at bringing the number of games down to 78, I'm like, 78? How about like 60? Like, slow your roll just a little bit. And now if they're doing random tournaments and they're looking at a post-Thanksgiving tournament window that would extend into mid-December. Originally, they were looking at late January, February, that would be like the Final Four during All-Star Weekend. And the union balked, team execs balked. They didn't want to shorten the All-Star break for the players. And... They did not uh, want to potentially lose viewership, according to this article. They didn't want to lose viewership to the NFL playoffs, which is coming down the stretch around the same time. If you get into March, then you're dealing with March Madness and college basketball. The NBA is having to dodge all of these things. Baseball didn't even bother. Baseball is just like, yeah, I know football's starting. We're still going to go an extra six weeks. And we're going to do all right, but it's maybe not the best decision anymore. A lot of these seasons are too long. And then the off-seasons are too short. The NBA off-season this year, I don't think it was too short necessarily. I was ready, and I'm still ready for basketball. But 82 games means that every one just doesn't hold my attention the way that it might otherwise. So I understand what Adam Silver's trying to do, what the owners are trying to do. Now, you don't want to lose the revenue from all these games, at least in the markets where people are showing up. And I certainly agree with the idea of potentially reseeding teams 1-4 to four when you get down to the semifinals in the postseason so that you have an opportunity to get the best two teams in the final. I like that idea. That's smart. That's forward-thinking. And the NBA has been very forward-thinking the way that they've handled this. But if you think about the play-in tournament, for example, this is a proposal. Two four-team tournaments featuring the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seats in the East and the West. Seven hosts eight, winner then earns the 7th spot. Ninth hosts 10, winner then faces the loser of 7 versus 8 for the final playoff spot. So there's, and that just seemed like a bunch of stuff that made my brain hurt that made me need to take naproxen sodium during this break, which we are about to do. I don't know how all of this is going to manifest, but I know that it's smart to continue to try to find ways to make things enticing to an audience that could easily get tired and move on. You've already got a younger crowd that's not watching nearly as much live sports because they're watching people play Minecraft on YouTube for five and six hours a day. So you've got to find something. So if you have a lengthy regular season trying to make it work, maybe not the worst idea. Somebody died. 
I think it was yesterday, or I guess now it would have been Friday. And he played in the NFL. But I don't want to talk about his NFL career. When we come back, I want to talk about what this guy meant to you. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back. And I've already told, like I said, I told Chris, all Seattle music from the 90s today. I'll be very curious to see where all that goes. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right. Tell me what I'm listening to here. Uh, Grunt Truck. No, what's the name? Oh, Crazy Love. Okay, gotcha. Unfamiliar with this one. This is what I was hoping for. We're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. Includes your FICO credit score. Whenever you check that scorecard, not going to hurt your credit. 
Learn more about it at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Fred Cox was a place kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. Reading this actually directly from the New York Times, Richard Sandemir wrote this, I guess you could say, obituary, but it's kind of more of an article than a straight obituary. Fred Cox, a place kicker for the Minnesota Vikings, who scored the most points in the team's history, died on Wednesday at his home in Monticello, Minnesota. He was 80. Vikings announced his death but provided no details. He had been treated recently for kidney problems. I thought it was Friday. Friday's when I saw it, when NFL Films tweeted about it. Cox, a straight-on kicker who used a square-toed shoe, was one of the Vikings' most valuable players since the team was founded in 1961. He scored 1,365 points, the second most in NFL history at the time of his retirement. He's now 34th. He appeared in 210 games, the third most for a Viking, played in each of the franchise's Super Bowl appearances in 70, 74, 75, and 77, all of them losses. So why am I talking about, I mean, other than, I mean, it sucks when people die. Why am I talking about Fred Cox to end the first hour of the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio? Because Fred Cox did something even more important, I would suggest to you, than what he did for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that once I say this to you and really describe it to you, I could pretty much derail my entire show very easily by just then saying, Now that you've heard this, what are your memories? Let me explain. Yes, he was the kicker for the Vikings. But also, he invented help to create. How about this? Let's play a little bit of audio that might describe this a little bit better for you. Go ahead and hit that. football Fred Cox helped to create what's called non-expanding recreational foam that stands for NERF or NERF and I can stop right there because right now wherever you are listening if you especially if you had not already heard this story but maybe even if you had if you're in a car or whether or not you're at home or wherever it is that you listen to Fox Sports Radio you are now in your head thinking of personal memories of you and your brother, you and your sister, you and your father, you and friends, and how Nerf played a role in your life. The Nerf football exists because of Fred Cox. So as great as everything else that he did in the NFL was, This part of it's better. I'll just read it again from Sandemir's piece of the New York Times. Cox had led the NFL in scoring the previous two seasons when, in 1971, his off-the-field career took an unexpected turn. A local entrepreneur, John Maddox, approached him with an idea for a backyard field goal kicking game for youngsters. I asked him, what kind of ball are you going to use? 
Maddox said he envisioned a ball heavy enough to keep boys and girls from booting it out of their yards. But Cox, knowing what it took physically to kick a traditional football, told him, you're going to have a lot of sword-legged kids running around. Suggesting that they use a light material, Cox said, how about foam rubber? They hired an injection molding company to create a prototype which met their expectations. It was life, light, safe, and squeezable, as well as aerodynamic when tossed and kicked. Then they tried to sell the rights to Parker Brothers, and Parker had been making versions of Nerf balls since 1970. It was the Nerf football that Cox is responsible for. Imagine what your life would be without a Nerf football as some part of it at some point. I remember my first Nerf ball. I remember my first Nerf turbo football. I could sit here and just talk about it for the remainder of this show. That is why I wanted to spend the end of the first hour talking about Fred Cox, Vikings kicker, inventor, helped develop the Nerf football. Tweet me your memories at jmartzone. When we come back, well, Oregon lost. Are they going to drop completely out of the JMS top 10 college football rankings? We'll see. Also, Ohio State wins. Are they going to beat LSU in my rankings for the first time? You'll have to come back, and I'll tell you about it next. Hour number two of the program, Jason Martin Show. I'm Jason Martin. You can call me J-Mart. You can find me on Twitter and call me whatever you want at J-Mart-Zone, 877-99 on Fox. How you reach the program, that's 996-6369. We are coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Talking about Fred Cox to end hour one. He passed away. On Wednesday, apparently, I didn't find out about it until Friday, and he was Vikings place kicker and super successful, but he also was responsible for the Nerf football, which is why he needed to make this program and why we could really derail the entire thing and do nothing but talk about Nerf memories for the next couple of hours, and it would probably be great radio, as a matter of fact. I maybe should try it. But, Chris, I know you mentioned you you wanted to comment on this. You may be taking it in a different direction, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, on the Nerf football itself, I remember I could not throw a football straight to save my life. But when they came out with the tail on the end of those things, that's kind of what mm. saved saved me, really. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as a kid growing up in the 90s, I mean, Nerf or nothing, everything else. But it's funny because I also play a lot of video games and I try to cover some esports stuff. And in that realm, I don't even know how it began, and I've been having a conversation with Eric Roberts here about trying to trace the uh, origin, the origin, the etymology of how it became associated, where nerf became this negative word on like how, you know, if, if a character's power in a video game is too strong, it gets nerfed or something like that. So it's, it's an entire lexicon that he helped uh, kind of, that he helped pioneer. It goes well beyond even just football it's it's nerf is very much in our core of how we play games both in the backyard and in video games and again i i I love this story because i i I, like you i did not know much about uh this guy before before his passing and it's opened up a whole new world of stuff for me to research yeah um now i'm looking up the etymology of nerf 
in video games. I'm assuming because it's you know it's soft, it's foam, it's yeah. It's not it originated hard like a with a game. It originated a game I remember actually called Ultima Online. Yeah, it was always and, like MMO related stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it's context of virtual worlds, MMO RPGs, like that game. Um, it's been. It's now more of a general vocab kind of deal but yeah it refers to the nerf brand of toys which are soft and less likely to cause serious injury so it was definitely from nerf and then taken from the idea of nerf sports equipment footballs things like that and then moved into ultima online to game space and then it just kind of took off from there at least that's what i can find here but it is interesting that nerf actually still responds and still reflects back to the original meaning of Nerf. But Fred Cox, again, the Vikings kicker who passed away on Wednesday, went to four Super Bowls with the Vikings and created the Nerf football, which we should all thank him for that. And I see a lot of people tweeting me right now at Jmart Zone too. I had one guy talk about his lime green Nerf football and how hours and hours of enjoyment playing with my lime green Nerf football. Thank you, Fred Cox. That from Chucker Ed. Listening to us wherever Trucker Ed happens to be this morning. You can always tweet me. Let me know where you're at at Zone, including behind the preposition. Yep, I decided to go there. I have no idea why. All right, let's do our college football top 10 rankings. Obviously, there are changes here because of Oregon. If you have been with us here since the start of the season, or certainly since we decided we would start doing this every week, we have had. Some changes, obviously, but we've also had an Oregon team that's been pretty stock there. They made the top 10 for the first time four weeks ago at nine. Then they moved up to six, and then the last two weeks I've had them at five. And I've wanted to try to get them at four, hadn't gone there. Last week's top 10 was Penn State at 10, Minnesota at nine because Minnesota had beaten Penn State, Oklahoma at eight, Alabama, I dropped to seven, further than others had because... Tua-less Alabama, to me, is not the fifth-best team in the country. Utah at six, Oregon at five, because I thought Oregon's loss was better than Utah's loss. Georgia at four, because they had three quality wins. Notre Dame, Florida, and Auburn are all really impressive wins. Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. And I know LSU and Ohio State are going to flip in a lot of people's ballots. Some people have the Tigers. Some people have the Buckeyes. As long as you have one of them, I'm good with it. Uh, maybe we're going to get the opportunity to see those teams play. I've had LSU as the best team in the country for at least six weeks, if not longer. And I'm going to stick with that, at least going into these rankings. Now, did it change? That's the question. Ten and nine, I had some real trouble with here. Chris, you're a Detroit guy, Michigan guy to some extent. I'm trying to find a way to keep Michigan out of the top ten, but... When I look at Florida, Florida's two losses are really impressive, and I'm trying to think how I would feel about Florida versus Michigan at this point in the season. I think Michigan's playing better football today than Florida is, at least offensively. And now Michigan is in that interesting spot of really only being able to play spoiler for Ohio State a bit, and there's seemingly almost no pressure on them, which is a place where Jim Harbaugh usually isn't because he talks so often. But right now, Michigan's just kind of sort of flying under the radar playing really good football. I know you watch them at least to some degree. I'm not sure exactly how close you watch them, but 
they've quietly been playing pretty solid football, and next week ought to be an interesting matchup with them in Ohio State. It will be interesting. I think, though, there is some pressure on Harbaugh to beat Ohio State at least once. I think he'll get a pass if he doesn't because this Ohio State team is yes. probably playing the best football I've ever seen Ohio State play. Like, Who would have thought a year after Jim uh, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer leaves and suddenly they're just steamrolling everyone? And, I mean, maybe they play spoiler, but that's, that's what hold, it's holding Michigan down in my head is that I'm looking at what's coming after Thanksgiving, and I'm like, yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose, and I'm just automatically chalking up. Maybe they don't. As you say, if they if they upset Ohio State, it would be a story for the ages. It would be a massive underdog story in that point, which I never thought I'd say talking about Michigan and Ohio State. I do have to give the edge to Florida just because I think that Florida's offense is better, and I think they're playing better competition than Michigan is. But I also think that Given how college football goes, it feels like we're going to be watching Michigan and Florida probably playing in, I don't know, the Outback Bowl or something. Because they always seem to play. Michigan and Florida always seem to play in a bowl game against each other. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I have Florida at 10, so you and I are on the same page there. But I guess I would have Michigan at 11 Yeah, uh, pretty if close. I kept going a little further. I've got Baylor at 9, and I know that's a one-loss team that – some people had, and even the college football playoff rankings last week had them like 13th or 14th with two lost teams above them, like three or four of them. Baylor's a one-loss team in a Power 5 conference that had Oklahoma beat and would probably still be undefeated if it weren't for an unbelievable choke job last week. But then they come back and they beat Tom Herman this week. They solidified their spot in the Big 12 title game. They're going to have an opportunity to remedy that loss, the only loss that they have against OU. So I'll put Baylor at 9, and I feel good about it. Last week, I didn't have Baylor in the top 10 at all. But when you drop Oregon out, I find it hard. It's really hard for me to keep Baylor out at that point. So I'll put them in at 9. I'm impressed with how they have dealt with what they've dealt with. I mean, they have had to win some games close late. They've gone to overtime a couple of times. And after the Oklahoma thing, many probably expected they would fall off a cliff this week, and that's not what happened. So I'll put them at nine. Minnesota's at eight. They, of course, their undefeated season came to a close last week against Iowa in Iowa City where dreams go to die. I know that's what Ed Orgeron says about Baton Rouge, but I would say that about Iowa in November. Minnesota's got Wisconsin next week, and then they've got Ohio State assuming they can beat Wisconsin. So they've got a lot of things in front of them, but they're a one-loss team that's already beaten Penn State, which is still a pretty good win. And if they lose again, they're definitely out of the top 10. But right now, again, I just I have a hard time putting in a two-loss team right now over Minnesota. Even if I think that team might be better than Minnesota, Minnesota's resume has to count for something. Oklahoma at 7. I don't know if they get higher than this, but when you really look at it, their loss to K-State, which maybe isn't as good as it was two or three weeks ago, because we have to start then. Once you lose to a team, you have to hope they win every other game because it helps you out. OU had to come back against Baylor. They had to deal with a comeback from Iowa State the week before that. And then last night, 
TCU had an opportunity late in Oklahoma territory to potentially beat them and threw an interception in that game. So OU had a chance to lose to TCU. They're not a juggernaut right now, but I still like them better than Minnesota. And you could even argue them maybe above a couple of teams I am about to mention. Now's where it gets tricky. Because you've got a couple of SEC teams with one loss, and you've got a Pac-12 team with one loss. And I do this show out of Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm looking at what I wrote down, and I'm trying to think, is there bias in my heart here? Because you have to remember, Alabama does not have Tua. Last week, I had Alabama beneath the two Pac-12 schools who I had beneath Georgia. So what changed this week that I would change that? The fact that Alabama beat Western Kentucky, or Western Carolina rather 66-3? to I have it written down one way, but I'm going to change it, and I'm going to go ahead and cross it off my sheet and rewrite it here. I will put Alabama at 6. Originally, I had Utah there. I'm going to put Alabama at 6. It's Mac Jones, and it's Tua's brother, if anything. And that's just not the same team. They're going to play Auburn in the Iron Bowl. If they beat Auburn and look good doing so, then they can get right back into that mix, into that top four or five, you know, wherever you want to put them in that race. But I don't think they can get – I still don't think without Tua, I don't think they're going to get voted in, even if they run the table from here on out and, and, and win against Auburn. Because they can't play in the SEC title game. So I will put Alabama at six. Utah is the best team nobody's paying attention to. At least nobody from a national perspective. I mean, like obviously the media is, but you know, people on the East Coast aren't watching Utah football probably the way they should. They demolished Arizona. Hunley's an unbelievable player. Their defense is stellar. They've got a wonderful coach in Whittingham. They're doing everything you could possibly ask them to do, except that they lost to USC on the road earlier in the year but right now with one loss they look really good and I would love to see them get an opportunity that I don't know that they're going to because their potential win over Oregon is not going to have the same oomph that it would have if Oregon walked into that game with one loss now they have two with the defeat at the hands of Arizona State on Saturday night so I will put Utah at five Georgia I'll keep it four but I almost put Utah at four I still look at Georgia beating Notre Dame, beating Florida, beating Auburn, and this is the stat that I teased in the first hour. This season against SEC opponents, and they're done, except for the SEC title game, but this is a regular season stat. In the regular season this year, Georgia's defense gave up 84 total points to the SEC. 84. That is the fourth best number for any SEC team since 1992. That's incredible. Their defense has been outstanding. They've played super boring football as a result. Fromm's the kind of guy that goes out and throws for 170 yards and they win. That's exactly what he did to beat Texas A&M on Saturday on national television. They're not fun to watch. But those three wins and an opportunity to beat LSU. Look, if Georgia loses to LSU, this isn't going to matter because they're not going to get in. If they beat LSU, then they will have wins over Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, and Auburn. And there's no argument to keep them out at that point. 
And I don't think anybody's going to, maybe some people will try to argue LSU should be out, but they would be wrong. So I'll put Georgia at four, mainly because of what they did, not this week, but what they've already done. I already had them at four, I'll keep them at four. Clemson at three. They are trending in the right direction, and nobody's going to want to see them when it gets down to the semis. You're going to want to try and dodge them. Because Trevor Lawrence is starting to look a lot more like Trevor Lawrence. They're getting healthier and healthier. They're gelling at the right time. And we know what Dabo is when it comes to these college football playoff scenarios when he's got a quarterback. We saw it with Sean Watson. We've already seen it once with Trevor Lawrence. We certainly could see it again. If Clemson won the national championship again, would anybody be surprised at this point? I can't imagine. So I'll put them at three. But it's arguable they're better than that. And now we have to parse this again, and I'm going to keep it exactly where I had it, but it's almost a 1A, 1B situation. I'm going to keep LSU at number one. I still think they're the best team in the country, despite their defense being suspect. Ohio State is more balanced. Their offense is not as dynamic as what we're seeing from Joe Burrow, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy from LSU. Ohio State's defense is nasty. Chase Young's about as good as you will ever see on the college gridiron do what he does, he's going to make a ton of money in the NFL and he's going to terrorize the NFL the same way he is in college. I would be stunned if he's not a perennial All-Pro when he gets there. Just outstanding. Ohio State beat Penn State. That game really was more lopsided. It should have been more lopsided than it was. It looked like it was about to become a laugher. And then Penn State showed some grit, scored a couple of touchdowns in about a minute of game time and turned it into a game at least going into halftime. And then in the third and fourth quarter, Ohio State just did enough to win. It wasn't like the most impressive performance, but it was enough. And then, of course, if they go bludgeon Michigan and then go destroy either Minnesota or Wisconsin, it's certainly, obviously, they're going to be in the college football playoff, but it's going to be hard to deny them in number one ranking potentially as well. But LSU has a chance to do the same thing to Georgia. So I'll keep it exactly where I had it. Here's my top ten for this week, week 13. Florida at 10, Baylor at 9, Minnesota at 8, Oklahoma at 7, Alabama at 6, Utah at 5, Georgia at 4, Clemson at 3, Ohio State at 2, and LSU still number 1. And I hope we do get a chance to see LSU and Ohio State play. I really do. I think that would be a whale of a football game. When we come back, Maybe the toughest three-game stretch for a team this late in the year that we've ever seen in the NFL. We're about to see how good this team really is. The hype train is hot, and I'll be all over that hype train if we're still talking about them the same way in three weeks. I'll tell you who it is, and I'll tell you what that schedule looks like when we come back. This is the Jason Martin Show. You can reach us on Twitter at jmartzone or at 877 on Fox. Be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Tell the folks what we're listening to. Listen to a little, uh, let me pull this over here, just make sure I get this right. Mother Love Bone. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep, Crown of Thorns. We're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecards not going to hurt your credit a bit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Told Chris instead of giving him bands to try and find at the end of every segment tonight, I'd just say Seattle music from the '90s from that part of the country. And we've had people tweeting asking what's been playing, so I want to make sure that we let people know again. Mother Love Bone, there if you're looking for that track, Crown and Thorns. Talk some pro wrestling here a little bit, but first, this according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. 49ers optimistic some of their key offensive weapons will be available today. Belief is that wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver Debo Samuel, and tight end George Kittle will play today versus the Packers, though they may work out pregame to make sure. The 49ers, folks, that many have at the top of their NFL power rankings, they're 9-1, and one, of course, first in the NFC West, What they have coming up, we're going to know exactly how good the San Francisco 49ers are three weeks or so from tonight. 
And really, five of the last six games for them are tough. And even Atlanta's playing pretty good. But here's the next three. This is why I say this three-game stretch, it's just you want to talk about as hard as it gets for a team that's this good in terms of their record this late in the season. Today, of course, tonight on Sunday Night Football, they're going to play against Green Bay. Then they go to Baltimore and to New Orleans. That's their next three games. Let us go back through their schedule to this point. At Buccaneers, win. At Bengals, worst team in the league, win. Versus Pittsburgh, when their quarterback situation was just totally unknown, won it by four. Crushed the Browns on Monday Night Football. That was a dreadful game. At the Rams, won it. Beat the Redskins. Crushed the Panthers. I mean, crushed them. 51-13 to crushed them. Beat Arizona in that comeback game on Thursday Night Football. Lost to Seattle, and then beat Arizona again. So they played Arizona twice. They've played Washington. They played Cleveland in the first month of the season. They played Cincinnati, and they played Tampa Bay. A lot of those teams aren't the ones that would make you raise your eyebrow in a positive fashion. And so they've got Green Bay tonight, then at Baltimore, and at New Orleans. Then they get Falcons. Rams, and they finish the season at Seattle. They are not going to be 15-1. and one. They are not going to be 14-2. and two. If they're 13-3, and three, that's going to be a work of mastery from Kyle Shanahan and that football team, that defense. Garoppolo's going to have to play well. They're going to have to keep running it pretty well with Breda. And Kittle and some of those guys are going to have to stay healthy and, and do things for them. And can they do it? Sure, they can. But Packers, Ravens, Saints screams 0-3 or 1-2 and for many teams in this league. I'm not saying that the 49ers are frauds. I'm saying that we're going to find out how fraudulent they are or they aren't. And in a month from now, when we are doing this show, what's their record likely to be? I would say it's more likely to be 10-3. and three. But maybe I'll have a different thought next week. In the third hour of this show, as we do each week, we will go through the entire schedule and pick every game. And we will pick that 49ers-Packers game, of course, which should be a dandy on Sunday night. Football. That's a tough slate. And Garoppolo has, what, 18 touchdowns this season. He's thrown for a little bit less than 2,500 yards. Not bad, but he's thrown 10 picks, which ain't great. His QBR is basically middle of the road in the league. His completion percentage is pretty good. He's 68.8% completions for this season. Now, it's down this month. He's 63.7 for the month of November. He is going to have to pick up his level of play because I don't think that they can continue to win around him. He's going to have to be an integral part of what they're doing if they want to handle this next three weeks and still be talked about at the top of people's power rankings. If they can, if they go 3-0, and no one will say they're not the best team in the league. 
if they go two and one, many people will still have the exact same case that they have right now. And you get Emmanuel Sanders, and if he's healthy again, that helps a lot. Now, he and Garoppolo don't know each other that well in terms of on-field chemistry, so that's something that's going to have to come. I even think Emmanuel Sanders has said that that's something that needs to improve, and it's something that just comes with time. But right now, the reason why I don't think that San Francisco is the best team in the league is because I just don't necessarily buy into Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've told you this before. I didn't understand what the rush to coronate him after holding off the Arizona Cardinals and scoring enough points to beat them on Thursday night football. Because that was the worst team in the league. They'd given up more points defensively than any team in the league. I should have said worst defense, not worst team. Certainly not worst team in the league. But the worst defense, worst scoring defense in particular. Everybody was just decimating them. So, of course, Garoppolo was able to put up some yards and get into the end zone a few times. That doesn't all of a sudden make them or make him Joe Montana or Steve Young. Maybe it makes him Elvis Gerback. I don't know. I'm not saying, and I've said this before, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a scrub. I just think he is average. He has replaced Dak Prescott for me as average guy in the NFL because Dak Prescott has elevated himself to make me buy in. And by buy-in, I mean I would pay that man whatever he asks at this point. He has earned it. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit deeper as well. You want to talk about an MVP candidate who has a perfect stage this afternoon with everybody watching in a place nobody ever wins to make a statement in front of all of those that will be voting for that award He has that chance. I think it's somebody else's to lose right now, and I'll explain it. We'll get into the MVP debate as well as the wild card standings and things of that nature when we open up Hour 3 before we actually break down the schedule. But we don't have to break down the entire NFL schedule to say that San Francisco has a really tough road ahead over this next month. And if we are talking about a team that's sitting here 11 and 2 and or 12 and 1 after these next 3 games then I will sing their praises even if Jimmy Garoppolo is only throwing for 150 yards a game if you can at 9 and 1 beat Green Bay go to Baltimore and win go to New Orleans and win or win two of those 3 games you are earned my respect 9 and 1 right now I don't look at it and say it's smoke and mirrors But I can poke holes in a lot of the wins that they've had. And I can even say that a few of them aren't impressive against teams where they should have dominated them. And then there are a couple that do look pretty good. I'm just not ready to coordinate them yet because I just don't have that faith in Jimmy G. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree. Tweet me at jmartzone. Let me know. When we come back, I want to talk uh, some pro wrestling on the other side. But let's get Brian Finley in here quickly. And find out what happened last night in sports, B. Hey, what's going on, Jason? Deontay Wilder wins the WBC heavyweight crown. He is still undefeated after knocking out Luis Ortiz in the seventh round on Saturday in boxing. In college football on Saturday, Arizona State X's sixth-ranked Oregon's playoff hopes with a 31-28 win. Sun Devils quarterback Jaden Daniels, 408 yards passing. He had three touchdowns, and that ends a four-game losing streak for ASU. Meanwhile, second-ranked Ohio State trying to shake off number eight Penn State. Dobbins, who had that run, 
is in the backfield, but Fields is going to throw, and he arches that one down the right side toward the end zone for Olave. Grabs in traffic, comes down with it. Touchdown, Chris Olave. The dulcet tones of Paul Keels via Learfield IMG College. Justin Fields with one of his two touchdown throws right there. The Buckeyes win it 28-17 over the Nittany Lions. Ohio State books a spot in the Big Ten title game. Seventh-ranked Utah throttling Arizona 35-7. The Utes are the only team in the Pac-12 with a chance to make the playoff. Ninth-ranked Oklahoma. Holding off TCU 28-24 after the Sooners had a 21-0 lead. 10th-ranked Minnesota, number 12 Wisconsin, getting wins in the Big Ten. While 14th-ranked Baylor gets by Texas 24-10 to make the Big 12 championship game. Boise State, the number 20 team in the land, beats Utah State 56-21 to get a spot in the Mountain West title game. And they will take on Hawaii for that Mountain West Championship on December 7th after Hawaii beat San Diego State on Saturday 14-11 after the Aztecs missed a 47-yard field goal down the stretch. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. Jason Martin Show here on FSR. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. That's the easiest way that you can get in contact with me. If you ever want to join the show, you can at 877-99 on Fox. A lot of NFL coming up in the final hour of the show. I still want to talk about the Mandalorian here to end this hour as well. Let's talk a little bit of pro wrestling. Survivor Series weekend, huge weekend for the WWE. I was at AEW Dynamite last week right here in Nashville. NXT TakeOver just a few hours ago taking place in Chicago. Tremendous, and I have a thought stemming from that show that relates to everything that's happening in pro wrestling right now. So let's talk a little wrestling. Are you ready to get your pro wrestling talk on? It's time for J-Mart to clothesline your ass. Let's get inside the ring. This is Inside the Ring. I worked in pro wrestling for about 10 years. I've written about it for about 25 now and have hosted a radio show in Nashville for six years and continue to do so on a Fox Sports Radio affiliate, as a matter of fact. So last night was NXT TakeOver. NXT is the third brand. No longer really the developmental brand, especially because it's going head-to-head with All Elite Wrestling on TNT. It's TNT versus USA. The ratings battle from week to week is fascinating to watch, even though until we get to around January, you don't want to put too much stock into it. We've got to see where these things settle. And some of the casual viewers that have tuned in for various curiosities will bail. Some will get tired of it. Maybe it'll be able to build. It's intriguing to say the least, but this TakeOver show, when NXT does these shows, if you have the WWE Network, first of all, and you don't watch TakeOver, then you're wasting your 10 bucks a month because it's better than anything that Vince McMahon's main brand is going to give you, whether it's on a Monday, on a Friday, or Survivor Series tonight. Survivor Series could be one of the best shows ever and still maybe not be as good as TakeOver was last night, but I want to talk about a touchy subject here. This TakeOver show opened with the first ever female war games. It was four on four inside a two-ring steel cage stipulation match that dates back to Dusty Rhodes in the Crockett Territory in Mid-Atlantic in the 80s, which is where I grew up, and it's the wrestling that I grew up on, as a matter of fact, in North Carolina. 
this match is always brutal, and you know now that you don't really do blood, at least not in the WWE, it sort of looks preposterous. But it was tremendous. There is so much talent. This was the first ever female War Games match. There is so much female talent under Vince McMahon's employ, whether in NXT or on the main roster. Becky Lynch may be the biggest star in the company right now, meaning the whole WWE company. Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Bayley. And then you've got these NXT women. And I think Rhea Ripley has the chance, potentially, if you saw the show, you know what I'm talking about, but... And if you've been watching NXT or paying attention to the industry over the last couple of years, Rhea Ripley has everything. Rhea Ripley could end up being the biggest female star we've ever seen. I mean, outside of like a Ronda Rousey where she transcends it all because of, you know, things that date back into the past and her acting career and everything else. She's a legit celebrity on a different level. But Rhea Ripley in the ring possesses all of it. Candice LeRae's a perfect baby face, blonde from California, you know, that whole deal. You've got everything. Then you've got, you know, one of Ronda's friends, Shayna Baszler, a legit, tough, former shoot fighter in her own right that's been holding that championship for a long time. But they have a women's division that you want to see sometimes as much, if not more, than the men's division because the talent is there and the matches are tremendous. They're booked well, and these women are empowered and the characters are, you know, outrageously good. And then you have, sometimes the main roster still kind of falls back to the old, well, if she's pretty, then we'll put her over. If not, then she's going to do a lot of favors for people and stare at the lights. And I'm not a big fan of that. But I really want to talk about AEW, because AEW also has a women's division, of course. And they are giving them a ton of time on television every Wednesday, despite the fact that AEW only has two hours a week. I want to tell AEW that they cannot continue to give this much television time to the women when they have not earned it yet. And that sounds harsh, but let me explain. Just because you are a female does not mean that you should have 50-50 on television with the guys if you're not ready for that spot yet. If you are ready, like in WWE or NXT, absolutely. I love it when I see a Rhea Ripley match or Becky Lynch or Charlotte or Sasha or any of these women because they're so talented. And there's a problem in AEW in that there's a lot of newer women that are still learning that have had less than 200 matches in their career. And how do they get better if they don't get reps? And AEW is not doing non-televised house shows They're only doing the television taping, so unless you're putting them on TV or on the AEW Dark YouTube show, which is also taped the same night, how are they going to get better unless they're working for other people? So I know that this is not an easy answer, but they're not ready. And when you're watching these matches and they're not good, especially when you compare them to the competition that's out there that I just kind of waxed about and then talked about and gushed about, about what they did in war games and what they continue to do, That's not a good look for AEW. And it's sort of defining that division in a way that maybe in a couple years they'd be ready for this spot. It's not, oh, they're women, so we shouldn't give them equal time. It's, they're women that aren't ready. The same thing I would say about some new guy that's been working for six months that can't hack it in the ring yet. It's no good for him to put him on TV and get him that exposure before he's ready because... Then we're going to go ahead and figure out, okay, he's not very good. And then when he does get good, it's going to take him two or three times 
longer for us to actually buy in because we've seen him at his most mediocre. AEW's women's division is mediocre. Mediocre to the degree that they should not have a women's division on a weekly basis. They should find a way to get these women better so that at the time you want to feature them, it's not, look, you don't give them 50-50 just because you think you should. You give them 50-50 because they deserve it. And right now, other than the fact that they're women, they wouldn't be on your television. That's not going to fly. Help them so that they can be stars later. You're doing them no favors by putting them out there and exposing their limitations. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Screaming trees, shadow of the season. That's right. Not technically Seattle, but close enough. 
No, I'm a huge fan of Screaming Trees. I'm never going to be upset when you play it, especially off this record. Sweet Oblivion. We're brought to you by Discovered. It's the Jason Martin Show finishing up the second hour of three. The penultimate, if you will. Get your free credit scorecard today from Discover, even if you're not a Discover customer. That includes your FICO credit score. Checking that scorecard is not going to hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. So we continue the pop culture discussion. We do have imaging, I know. We have music and things of that nature for J-Mart, Steve Yar, but we can just keep it going here. Here's the drill. The Mandalorian's happening on Disney+, and everybody's talking about Baby Yoda, and I've written, uh, what is it, probably close to 4,000 words now on the first three episodes, and I'm just super excited about this show. And I have a hard time believing that Rise of Skywalker is going to live up to this. John Favreau's doing great stuff here. This is worth Disney Plus by itself. And I, you know what? I don't even want to talk about the content of the show. I want to talk about the fact that somebody has figured out the benefit of being on streaming services rather than traditional television. How many Netflix shows have you watched where every episode feels so bloated and exhausting because they feel like they have to go a full hour as if it matters? You are not trying to fill an hour of television time. You're not trying to fill a block from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern. You just have a story to tell. That's the whole point of being on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or something like that is Time doesn't apply to you. People aren't watching you at the same time. Whatever your story needs to be in that installment to tell a story from start to finish that has a good ending and a cliffhanger to move you to the next one, that should be all you need. Ozark's an example of it. Ozark going over an hour on many, many episodes on Netflix when it doesn't need to. And there's 10, 15 minutes of filler in a lot of these shows. Same thing as Netflix feeling like, you know, a lot of these showrunners feeling like they have to put together 10-episode seasons or 12-episode seasons. That's what you have to do on FX. It's what you have to do on AMC if they ask you to do it. But you don't have to do that on Netflix. So what have I seen from The Mandalorian? I've seen a 39-minute pilot. I've seen a 32-minute episode 2 and a 37-minute episode 3. Thank you, John Favreau, for figuring this out. These have been so easy to watch, easily digestible, easy to consume, easy to enjoy, with definite starting and ending points. There's no reason for all three of these to have been an hour so that we would have had 10 or 15 minutes of nothingness happening around because the story that matters when you condense it, it's not like zipping a file or taking a WAV file and turning it into an MP3 and losing a lot of the quality of the sound. You're losing nothing here. All you're losing is the filler, the junk. You're getting just enough. You're getting all the meat. You're getting everything that you want, and you get to knock this thing out so much faster. So as much as I want to talk about how much I enjoy the show and the way the story's being told and all this, I want to talk about the structure of the show because I think that might be the most refreshing and positive development that we're seeing. Hopefully, other people are going to follow suit from this. All these time rules only exist in a television space. They should never exist on a streaming service. 
So kudos to John Favreau and everybody associated with The Mandalorian for figuring out that a 32-minute episode 2 was perfect and a 37-minute episode 3 this week was beautiful. If you'd gone an hour, it wouldn't have been. We'll be back with our third hour next. Final hour of the program. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio, heard across the country. Heard via the iHeartRadio app. Heard FoxSportsRadio.com. You can always search the weekend roundup if you miss part of this show. Check it out that way as well as this podcast each week. You can find me on Twitter at jmartzone anytime. You can find us at 877-99 on Fox. And if you were in person, which you're not, you can find us at the Fox Sports Radio studios. They're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Got a message during the break from a listener that said some nice things about the show, which I appreciate, and then said, can you pray for my friend Adrian? She found a lump on her chest. She fears the worst. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, hopefully, within the sound of my voice, there are a lot of other people that heard that as well and will add Adrian to their prayer list. I say this off the top of every show, although I did not today, and that was just an omission by me, an accidental omission, but I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and yours doing exceedingly well entering this Thanksgiving week. Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, you can hear me Thursday and Friday along with Jeff Schwartz, as we'll be in for Clay Travis on Outkick the Coverage. So if you're out and about on Thanksgiving or Black Friday, you can listen to us. It's going to be a busy Thursday for me as I'm going to do the show, and then I have... 30 minutes to get to the starting line of an 8K that I'm going to run, a turkey trot, here in Nashville on Thanksgiving morning. So this will be a busy day for me, to be sure. And assuming I survive that 8K, I'll talk about it maybe on Friday. But again, prayers up for Adrian, and appreciate the kind words. And hopefully her fears will not be realized. And instead of the worst, it'll be the best news possible from that. We are getting down to it in the NFL where each win and each loss can be make or break time. I'm looking at the standings right now in terms of the wild card more than anything else. Now, the Raiders still have certainly a chance to potentially win the West. It feels like the Texans are are in pretty good shape in the South. Even though, look, Tennessee has to play them twice in the last three weeks of the season. And if Tennessee continues to win games, then maybe that becomes interesting. But beating the Colts on Thursday night behind Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins doing Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins things puts them in a pretty good spot. Baltimore is running away with the AFC North at 8-2. and two. Steelers are the second closest to them at 5-5. Five and five, They're not going to catch them. And then the Pats are 9-1, and one, and they're still the top seed at current because they have one loss. Baltimore could supplant them before the end of the year if New England loses, which they may lose today to the Dallas Cowboys. I believe, Eric Roberts wouldn't want to hear this said out loud, but I believe the Bills are in really good shape at 7-3, and three, and I have them already penciled in as one of the two wild cards. Because the remainder of their schedule, look, they get the Broncos, they get them at home, and the Broncos can't score points. At Cowboys is not going to be easy. Ravens is not going to be easy. 
Their schedule's not super easy, but a lot of the other teams that they're competing with, their schedule's not easy either. Bills have to deal with New England. They have to go to Pittsburgh, which is not going to be particularly easy. The Jets should be a win. Broncos today should be a win. At Dallas, eh. And it's this week. I mean, it's Thanksgiving Day. And then Baltimore. So, not the easiest. But I still like where they stand right now because of what they've already done. And the teams beneath them, I just don't know who you can trust out of that group. So I'm going to continue to have them penciled in as the number five spot, which leaves one wild card left, the way that I assess it, in the AFC. You've got the Raiders currently holding that spot at six. Then you've got the Colts. I don't know how we feel about the Colts right now. The Steelers are in eighth at five and five, and the Tennessee Titans are also five and five. They're nine, but the Steelers have better AFC percentage, so that's why they're ranked higher. The Titans have to play the Raiders in a couple of weeks in Oakland. Essentially, the loser of that game is going to be done, I would suggest. Now, if Tennessee doesn't beat Jacksonville today, I think their season's over today. I've already said I think their season's over anyway. But should they continue to win, then maybe they'll be there. The Browns at 4-6, and six, I think they're out of it. Jacksonville, I don't think anybody thinks Jacksonville's going to make it. If they go to 5-6, and six, then it would be 5-6. and six. The Titans would be 5-6, and six, but the Jags will have beaten them twice head-to-head. And again, like I said, that's the end of the Titans season. And I still don't think the Jags will make the playoffs in that scenario. Chargers are four and seven. It's too big a hole, and I think Phillip Rivers might actually be done. Denver three and seven. Jets three and seven. Miami two and eight. Bengals winless. So we're really looking at three or four teams here to get that last spot, and maybe the Bills find a way to blow this. Certainly, the schedule is has been easier to this point than it's going to be from this point on. But the Raiders still have to deal with their share of tumultuous activity on their slate as well. When you look at what they've got left, they play at the Jets. For some reason, I have a weird feeling about that game today, but we'll we'll predict the entire slate when we come back. Then they play at Kansas City, which is huge, of course. Now, keep in mind, they've already lost to the Chiefs once, so this would be the only way they could potentially really get back into the mix when it comes to winning the division. If they can get one head-to-head win, even if they ended up tied, maybe they would have a better percentage at that point. They play Tennessee, like I said. They get the Jags. Then they play at the Chargers, which you think probably at this stage might be a win. Who knows where the Chargers are in Week 16. And then they play at Denver. Denver's their hated rival. Chargers are in division. So they, it's not super easy. But the West is not as stacked as some people thought it would be in terms of the Chargers being any good. Nobody thought Denver was going to be good, and they are indeed not. The Colts, their quarterback situation, I like Jacoby Brissett, but I don't know if he's ready just yet to do what they need to do. They've got one more against the Titans. They've already beaten them once this season. They've got a trip to Tampa Bay where they should win. They've got a trip to New Orleans, where they probably will not win. Then they've got Carolina, which is a very hot and cold kind of football team, and they do get that one at Lucas Oil. 
and then they go to Jacksonville to end their season. They're not out of it by any means in terms of that wild card spot. But I I don't know what to trust there, especially with Marlon Mack being hurt and just dealing with a lot of problems there. And I'm not sure anybody that comes out of AFC West is somebody I would pick to go very deep in the playoffs right now because they're all so flawed. The Steelers are the Steelers. Their schedule favors them to some degree, if I'm not mistaken, as I bring it up to look at it here. They've got at Bengals, Browns, at Cardinals, Bills, at Jets, Ravens. Now, they're on the road, but they play Cincinnati, Arizona, and the Jets. That could be games where you would expect that they can win. Now, if they lose to Cincy today, all those bets are off, and we're not going to have this discussion any further because they'll fall to 5-6 and six with a terrible loss, and that'll be that. Now, Mason Rudolph was fined fifty grand for his role in the big brawl, which is pretty big when you consider his weekly check per a couple of different sources. Mason Rudolph's is about thirty-four grand, so a check and a half, basically, is what he was hit with for his role in the giant fracas. There were thirty-three players, folks, that got fined in that whole deal, that ordeal that still got ramifications because of Miles Garrett earlier this week and what he said, which we don't need to go into. So the Steelers are 5-5, five and five, so they're, on, they're there. I think maybe the biggest game that's still to come in the division right now, or not in the division, but in the conference as it looks to the playoffs in the wild card, is Oakland hosting Tennessee. One of those two teams is out of it at that point. And we've got to see what's happened with Indianapolis and Pittsburgh around there. I don't think Cleveland can sneak in. I think you're looking at four teams. You're looking at Oakland, Indy, Pittsburgh, Tennessee for one spot. Now, if Buffalo goes on a losing streak, then maybe they slip down and they're part of a five-team race. I don't think anybody lower than those teams can make it. Chargers out. Jags out, I think. Cleveland out. Denver out. Jets out. Dolphins, of course, out. And Cincinnati has been out. So keep your eyes peeled on that Oakland Raiders-Tennessee Titans matchup that's coming up on December the 8th because I think the winner of that game may well be the last wild card. Again, contingent on them getting the job done today. Oakland goes and loses to the Jets or Tennessee loses at home to Jacksonville, which are both possible, then I would say that might be the thing that knocks that team out because that's going to be a momentum killer because those are two teams you should not lose to if you're the other teams, not in this situation. And let's keep in mind, Tennessee's already lost to Jacksonville once, the Gardner Minshew game on Thursday Night Football where we really got to know who he was a little bit more. And Mariota played one of his worst games of his career against the Jags. There was that weather delay. It was a mess. So that's just looking at the AFC. NFC, there's still a lot of teams in the mix here. San Fran at 9-1, we discussed last hour. Their next three weeks, we're going to find out just how good they are. Green Bay on Sunday night football tonight. Then they go to Baltimore, then to New Orleans. They could go 0-3, they could go 2-1. If they go 2-1 or 3-0, they're the best team in football because that is not the three-team slate that you want. But a lot of their wins aren't particularly impressive to this point, so that's why I don't have them at the top of my own personal power rankings. Number two in the NFC right now is the Packers. So you've got a 1-2 matchup tonight on Sunday Night Football. 
football gods rewarding NBC left and right. Saints at three, eight and two, but the Packers have a better NFC record, so that's why they're slated at two. Saints at three, Cowboys at four. Cowboys are in Foxborough today. This is Dak Prescott's chance to make his Heisman, or excuse me, make his MVP candidacy. I don't think he can make his Heisman candidacy any better at this stage. Dak Prescott's over 3,000 yards this season. He's the reason they're winning games, not Zeke. He's the one that needs to get paid right now. Whatever it is that he asked for, I think you have to give him, unless he totally falls off in the remainder of this season. In a bad division, they're 4-0. They're 5-3 and in the NFC. Dak's going over 300. He's going over 400 a couple of times. He's making plays. He has gotten demonstrably better this season to me as a quarterback possessing all the skills than the guy he was last year. We're talking about a, a right around the top 10 quarterback in the league right now. And before this year began, I had him around 17th or 18th, somewhere in that neighborhood. But he's playing tremendous. He should be mentioned in the top five, maybe even in the top three of MVP candidates right now. I believe it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. And the main reason I believe that is because when you have somebody who does something that you expect against somebody that does something that you don't expect, I go with the outlier or the surprise first, same way as NBA Coach of the Year voting. It doesn't always go to Greg Popovich. It goes to Mike Malone in Denver for what he did with the Nuggets, for example. You have some team that just completely – comes from nowhere to win 50-some games, and then that guy becomes coach of the year because you never saw it coming, and he gets credit that way. I'm not saying it's Dak here that would succumb to Lamar Jackson first. I would say that if it came down to similar numbers between Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, who I still think are probably one and two on most people's MVP ballot now, that it would go to Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson because you didn't see it coming from Lamar Jackson and thus what he's doing is, in some ways, it impresses you more in your mind whether or not it should or not. And right now, if you vote Lamar Jackson MVP, you'll get no qualms from me. I've had Russell Wilson atop my ballot for three weeks now. I think that's changed. I think right now it would go to Lamar Jackson. And how much fun has that been to watch? But Dallas at four, Seattle is at five right now, Minnesota's at six. We'll see if Minnesota can hang on. The Rams, the Eagles, the Panthers are the next three teams on the list. Everybody underneath that I'm not even going to include in this discussion because they have so many flaws and their record is to an extent that they're not going to be over to be able to overcome those flaws enough. The Eagles have a major home game today against Seattle. It's almost a must-win for the Eagles, and it's one that Seattle definitely does not want to lose because they don't want to lose ground right now with the 49ers. Even when they're sitting at five, they're a wild-card team right now because they're behind the Niners. But they've still got a chance, and remember, they host the Niners in the finale for both those two teams. So you want to stay within that margin of error so that you can potentially win that game and somehow sneak out that division. Will the Seahawks beat the Eagles today is a question. Or is this one where Philadelphia actually shows up and plays like the Eagles that we might have assumed they would at the beginning of the year that we have not seen from a 5-5 and Eagles team? 
That'll be part of our discussion when we come back. We're going to look at every single game that's going to be played today and the Monday Night Football matchup like we do every single third hour, every Sunday here on the Jason Martin Show. We will predict it. The cruise microphones will be open. We'll let you know what's going to happen in these games, and we'll do that next. Our telephone number is 877-99 on Fox. You can tweet me as you have been all morning at jmartzone. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that! Shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Soundgarden, pretty noose. Uh huh. Not like that one was that tough, but nope. They can't all be that tough, but they're still good. We're brought to you by Discover. It's the Jason Martin Show. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. Includes your FICO credit score. Checking that scorecard is not going to hurt your credit. Not going to ding it. Learn more at discover.com/slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply, so check it out. We always go through the NFL slate and we pick every single game. And so it's time for our 
week 12 preview and a team that we thought was dead. We'll start with them. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. What is going on with the Atlanta Falcons? This team I thought was going to be good and then they were not good at all. And then over the past two weeks, they've gone to New Orleans and drubbed them 26 to 9 and to Carolina and destroyed them 29 to 3. This is a team folks that before that point had lost 6 in a row and 7 of 8. Dreadful. But then they go beat the Saints in the Big Easy and beat Carolina at Bank of America, if that's still what it's called in Charlotte. So now they're playing in Tampa Bay. This is the worst team in the division. So do I trust them now after they destroyed my trust early and then they're trying to win it back all of a sudden? I don't think the Bucks are good. But do I all of a sudden think the three and seven Falcons have found something and they're going to go on some tear for the remainder of the season? No. But I think they'll win three in a row. I'll take them over Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay scores points and Atlanta's defense wasn't supposed to be good. They've only given up 12 points over the last two weeks. I think they'll beat Tampa Bay. You guys? Yeah, I still can't trust Jameis Winston. Never will be able to. I Like you, I'm, I'm baffled by Atlanta, but I'm going to let it roll as long as hand r- rides hot. Sam, I don't trust Jameis for anything at this point. I just I don't get the Falcons. I don't understand. Me I neither. thought I realized that they were terrible, and now they're winning football games. Like, it probably comes down to who's who's better at not throwing away a game at this point. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Denver at Buffalo. Okay, this is my team against your team, Eric. My Broncos. Who look? I've watched enough to know I don't want to watch any more of this this year. Like I can't do this to myself. I'll watch the Mandalorian. I will tune into something else. I'll watch NBA regular season. Luckily, I have Red Zone. I can't. I'm a fan, but I, it makes it that much harder for me to watch. I said I think Buffalo's getting a wild card. I think they better win this game or it might start to fall off the tracks because they do have some tough ball games coming up. It's at Buffalo. If it was at Denver, I'd feel worse about this. But I think Buffalo's defense, which I like anyway, against Denver's offense, which is awful against everybody, I'll take the Bills at home. Yeah, this is definitely one they need going into, you know, they have a Thanksgiving day against the Cowboys and they have some matches up against coming up against like the Ravens, uh, the Steelers in Pittsburgh, the Pats still one more time. But yeah, I think this might be like first to 13 wins between these two offenses. But I'm going to go with Buffalo here. It's so, not going to be a very fun game to watch. I have a uh, bet going with my friend Ryan Matthews who works on the same Lions blog as I do. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but... Uh, I I need the Bills to get to double digit wins before they go to the playoffs, so they need this win. Don't 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 let me down, Eric. Yeah, I think you. I I don't think that's in doubt. Well, I mean it's in doubt just because the football game has to be played. But I think the Bills are a better team than Denver. I hate to say that, but it's just a flat out truth. Giants at Bears, gross. That's what I feel Ew. about this game. Trubisky and whatever's going to happen at quarterback for the Bears against Daniel Jones and the fumbling machine and whatever's going on with the offense right now with the Giants. That's just two football teams that 
nothing going right, but Chicago's defense of the four units is the one that I would trust the most, even if they're asked to do it a lot. I just feel like the Giants are probably going to hand it to the Bears' defense enough that the Bears win this game at home. Yeah, this is kind of one that the Bears almost need to have uh, for, if nothing else, saving face. This has been yeah. probably the, the, the this has been the year from hell for the Bears. This is kind of their worst case scenario that they've had, and I don't. Again, I think Mitchell Trubisky. I'm going to be shocked if he's back next year. But right. coming off another loss from the Rams, they're going to be playing the Lions on Thanksgiving. This is kind of their. This has to be a get-right game for them. You're at home. You're playing the Giants, who aren't good for really much of anything. Just take care of business and be ready for Thanksgiving. Am I the yeah. only one that feels weird that they're getting six points? Like they're six-point favorites here? I feel like it should be a little tighter on the, on that the spread aspect Just of because it. of the offense being so mediocre? True, I guess. Yeah, I, I, mean, guess. I guess the so, over-under is something yeah. I should look at then instead. I think it's more just... It's a function of, I think people think that Chicago's going to score on defense because of the propensity of the Giants to turn the football over. And I think that they're probably right about that. If Jones doesn't drop the ball on the ground a couple of times in this game, I'd be surprised, especially with the pass rush that's likely to come after him. If Chicago scores 20 points, a defense might score 17 of it. At least set them up to score 17 of it, but I'll take the Bears. Pittsburgh at Cincy. Cincy's winless. They're terrible. They are right now in the burrow-for-burrow sweepstakes as they're trying to stay in the cellar. I don't know what Joe Burrow is going to be in the pros. I don't. I know what he looks like at LSU with Joe Brady. I don't know what that looks like with that Bengals team. That'll be really interesting to see if that's indeed the way that they go and the way that this goes. But I'll tell you that Pittsburgh's going to beat Cincinnati because Cincinnati is the worst team in the league even at home, even with everything surrounding the Steelers right now, how in the world could you pick the Bengals and feel good about it? I'm going to pick them, but I'm not going to feel good oh. about it. Uh, they're a six-and-a-half-point dog at home, but I think I think it was Bernie Frado who earlier tonight said, like, teams that are winless. It, well, first off, from my own experience, it's really hard for a team to go winless in the NFL, as we've seen from the Dolphins and any other right. teams that have tried to replicate the uh, – unprecedented failure of the Cleveland Browns or the 08 Lions. It's very hard to do. I don't think Cincinnati ends the season winless. I, I, I don't. And this is a AFC North divisional matchup. They always play dirty. They always play hard. Pittsburgh is still somewhat rattled after coming off that Thursday game with another AFC North rival. The Bengals are going to want to play tough. And as the season goes on, you're going to want to start playing for your pride more and more. I I think Pittsburgh wins it, but if you're asking me if I if I want to take Cincinnati in the points, I will take the points, and I'm going to root for for the Bengals because I don't want to see another team go winless. No, I'm gonna I'm 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 pulling for the Bengals just because that guy's camping out on top of his restaurant still. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. I I can't pick the Bengals here. No Connor, no Juju. Um, I mean, I can't pick the. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Let me start I was over to here. Say, you're making yeah, the case for taking. The I'm Bengals. going the wrong way, but I can't pick case. him even with Juju or James Conner out right. for the Steelers. Yeah, I just think the Steelers are the Steelers, and the Bengals are the Bengals, and that's I can only pick it based on what I think's going to happen, not what I want to see happen, one way or the other. Miami at Cleveland. Well, we know Cleveland's been amidst distractions, and Miami's found a way, despite their best efforts, to win a game or two here and there. 
but I don't think they're going to win this one. This is the game where you could see Odell Beckham Jr. make a real impact. This is the kind of game where Baker can find a way to get himself right and throw for a lot of yards against a terrible secondary. I think the Browns are going to annihilate the Dolphins at home. I don't think it's an annihilation, but I'm still taking the Browns in a win here. Yeah, the Browns are kind of set up to kind of get on a roll here, dating back to their them beating the the Bills. Um, you know, they they got two in a row, and they got a somewhat easy schedule going coming up here against the Dolphins. They got the Steelers again, the Bengals twice. You know, the, outside of the Ravens, kind of a cupcake schedule. So I'm going to pick the Browns to keep rolling. Carolina at New Orleans. I think this might have sounded more appetizing before this season actually began. But we have seen New Orleans look terrible against the Falcons at home just a couple of weeks ago. Carolina's leaking oil a little bit. We know what McCaffrey can do, but that's the only guy we really – they have a couple of decent receivers. And when Greg Olson's healthy, he's a really underrated tight end. But they've still got a quarterback that's learning a bit on the job and a defense that at times is absolutely terrible against the run. Now, does that help you if you play the Saints if they're not running the ball a lot? I don't know. But I trust Sean Payton more than I trust Ron Rivera, especially at home. So I think the Saints will win their ninth game today. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints here, too. I feel like it might be a little bit of a get-right game here for, for Drew Brees. You know, he he did have that blip on the radar, but I think I think they'll, they'll, they'll put the wheels back on here at, at the Superdome. Yeah, I like the Saints here, too. I'm just looking up their defense numbers. I'm just trying to figure out... Um, yeah, they, they've got a very impressive defense going into this game. I believe fifth in DVOA from uh, Football Outsiders, which I really yeah. enjoy that, their metrics. Yes. And for the Panthers, I maybe Jared Allen, maybe Allen has some promise going into the next few seasons. For right now, though, I don't think he's going to show us any more than what we've seen so far this year. Okay. I think we all agree there. Oakland at New York. This is where it gets wonky for me. I had a couple games in a row that I just have senses about that don't have too much logic behind them. This Oakland-New York game is just weird to me. For some reason, I think the Jets are going to beat the Raiders. I'd written it down the opposite way. And this is not me being a Broncos fan and trying to find a way for the Raiders to lose. I think the Raiders are a better team, a far better team than the Jets. But for some reason, this game being played across the country on the East Coast, I just don't think the Raiders are going to travel well for some reason, and the Jets are going to find a way to win this game. And I don't know what it's going to mean other than it might cost Oakland the playoffs. I mean, long term, I don't know what it's going to mean, but I can't believe I'm picking the Jets over the Raiders. But I'm picking the Jets. It, over the it Raiders. does have that a, a feel where I mean, this is definitely a test. Where is do the Raiders, who obviously are um, surprising plenty of people, are they looking past the uh, Jets that are underperforming? Because I mean, the lore was there for plenty of people to ride the Jets wagon early. So you know, it's definitely going to come down to whether or not Gruden gets his guys ready. But I'm, I'm going to pull for the Raiders. But I do feel you on the whole. You know, a West Coast team traveling east and, you know, could underperform. Blustering in from sea with a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering. I screwed up the drop already, so I'm just going to oh. kill it out there. No, I'm taking the Raiders here. Uh, this seems like the type of game where we're, and really the whole back end of the schedule is where we start building more hype for the Raiders next year, just so they can set us up for more disappointment as soon as they hit to Vegas. And this this seems characteristic 
and I just I don't know I I like the Raiders here. I mean, so do I, but for, I just I've got to go with my gut. No, on I get this you. One. They're they're going east, and teams. I mean, we how much data do we have about teams? West Coast teams traveling east. It, it's proven itself year after year after year. They just don't look as good. Funny you should mention that. Seattle at Philadelphia. We know mm. how good Russell Wilson is. We know how good the Seahawks are. We know how mediocre the Eagles have been all season. Yet I'm picking the Eagles to upset Seattle in Philadelphia today. There's another one. Just I have a sense about this that this is going to be a big day for Carson Wentz and that offense, and the defense is just going to be annoying enough to keep Seattle from doing what they've done to a lot of teams this season. I think Philadelphia gets a big win. Even with Jordan Howard out? I know, I know. Not just him. I think Aguilar might be out too, even though Aguilar dropped a big pass last week. I'm not not pulling over the Russell Wilson MVP train anytime soon, so I'm going Seattle here. We've been playing Seattle music. We've been playing Seattle music all morning. I, I think it's only right that I take the Seahawks. Yeah, you know what? That's interesting. I came up with that idea, and now I'm picking against Seattle. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. We still got one, two, three, four, five more games to pick. Let's go to Brian Finley real quick. Maybe he thinks I'm a moron, too, for picking Philadelphia over Seattle, or maybe not. We'll find out. B, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? You know, I actually used to live in Washington State, so when in doubt, you can't not deny the big play factor of Russell Wilson. So I'm going with the Seahawks. However, Jason, for the most part, I am on your side for most things. But this one, I'm going okay. Seattle. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. That's okay. all right. All right. Uh, Deontay Wilder defending his WBC heavyweight title. He is still undefeated. And on Saturday, he knocked out Luis Ortiz in pay-per-view, pay-per-view boxing. Top-ranked LSU. Yeah, that's a nice oh, – wait, 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 B. That's a nice way to describe that. I saw that punch. You saw it that? Looked, the sweat that went off of – that guy basically looked like his ghost, like his soul had left his body. <laughs> yes. He took one punch. It was like, whew, like that guy, everything that was in that guy went out on that one shot. Yeah, he knocked him out. That's one way to describe it. He ended the man's soul is a better <laughs> yeah. way to describe it. And it was even more devastating when it was in slow-mo. Oh, it was could, awful. Yeah, yeah. Second, Yeah, exactly. Second-ranked Ohio State able to brush aside eighth-ranked Penn State 28-17 to make the Big Ten title game. Justin Fields accounting for two touchdowns. How about Arizona State dashing sixth-ranked Oregon's playoff hopes with a 31-28 victory? Ducks quarterback and projected first-round NFL draft pick Justin Herbert, two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields with... Well, as I mentioned, he had a a two-touchdown performance. They did shake off Penn State, as I mentioned. Seventh-ranked Utah with a 35-7 thrashing over Arizona. The Utes are the only Pac-12 team still in line for a potential berth into the playoff. Ninth-ranked Oklahoma survives a scare. Five, four, three, win column, Sooners. Game over. Final score deep into a Saturday night in Norman. It was Oklahoma 28 and TCU 24. Oklahoma Learfield IMG College, the win against TCU. And finally, 20th-ranked Boise State pelting Utah State 56-21 to book a spot in the Mountain West title game. And the Broncos will take on Hawaii in that championship game after the Bows 
took down San Diego State on Saturday, 14-11. to The Aztecs missed a last-second 47-yard field goal. And the most important, how, how dare I bury the lead here, Jason, Vanderbilt finally oh, yeah. getting a win on the football field. And who did they beat? The great East, East Tennessee, Tennessee State. State. <laughs> and they did it in front of, I think they won that game 38-7. to I'm pretty sure they scored more points than there were fans in the seats. Oh, man. Here We're- in Nashville for that game. Were you there? I'm surprised you no, weren't No, I had no. things to do, like okay. not being at that game. <laughs> yes. That's the best way I know to describe it. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm not kidding, folks. If you go find the photos of what that stadium looked like, Vanderbilt's home stadium looked like at kickoff, I mean, there were probably more people at your local public library yesterday than were actually at that football game. I mean, that was embarrassing. That's an SEC school. I know it's not exactly Alabama, Tennessee, whatever, but that's embarrassing. We've seen schools that you know have high academic reputations that also have great atmospheres as it relates to sports. Stanford, Northwestern, Duke. Vandy doesn't have that excuse anymore. And hey! Ivy League, Harvard and Yale, climate change protest. That's going to get people on your side. Only thing I thought about when that happened was, can you imagine if that had happened at, I don't know, Bryant-Denny Stadium or Death Valley, either Clemson or LSU? Like, imagine if that had happened, like, in a real football stadium where a couple of, you know, groups came on to protest fossil fuels and all this in the middle of a football game. And the question that I saw asked on Twitter was, how exactly did they get to the game? Did they walk? Did they take bikes? What? There are, look, not shorting the cause. You know, if that's what you believe in, then I understand that you have to find a way to get your message out. I don't know if holding up a Harvard-Yale football game at halftime for an hour and five minutes is going to get that point across. Or it's just going to make people start rooting for oil and fossil fuel because oil and fossil fuel didn't protest at halftime we got five more games to predict we'll do it next and we'll do it quick it's jason martin show finishing up on a sunday morning here on fox sports radio welcome back doc to the uh, geico fox sports radio studios temple of the dog hunger strike finishing us up here on our seattle morning even though i just picked philadelphia to beat seattle today in an upset Jason Martin Show. I am on Twitter at jmartzone. I am Jason Martin. Do the show out of Nashville, Tennessee, Thursday and Friday, Thanksgiving, Black Friday this week, along with Jeff Schwartz. I'll be in the big boy chair for Clay Travis on Outkick the Coverage. You can listen to that across the country, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on those two days while you're out shopping or playing to eat turkey or whatever. All right, five games we haven't predicted yet. Detroit at Washington. Washington's terrible. I know Detroit can't be trusted but I think they can be trusted against Washington's NFL squad, so I'll take Detroit. Chris, I know this is your account. Yeah, I think people are going to get hyped up about Jeff Driscoll here because he's looked competent as the Detroit backup in two games. I think that will continue into today because, as you say, Washington, there, there's no reason Washington should win this game. If they do, uh, there's trouble. There's real trouble, especially going into that Thanksgiving game. Lions are out of contention, but... I, I As a Lions fan, I always like to see them win on Thanksgiving. So I want to see Jeff Driscoll do well in this game. I'll take the Lions. I'm going Lions, too. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee loses their season's over. 
They've got it at home. They've already lost to the Jags once. They usually at worst split with the Jags each season. Tannehill's been playing well. I think that will continue as well, even though I don't think Tennessee's going to end up making the postseason. I do think that they will finish this week 6-5 and and be in the mix before they run into the Raiders and run into the Saints and run into the Texans twice. I think that will do them in. I don't think this will do them in. And on my show on Friday here in Nashville, my daily show, I've decided that the only way to pick a ridiculously inconsistent, just infuriating football team like the Titans who can go beat the Chiefs and lose to the Denver Broncos in a shutout is to flip a coin, literally. So that's what I'm doing on air on Fridays. And I flipped a coin, and it went in Tennessee's favor, so the Titans are going to win. I flipped a coin here, too. I'm going Tennessee. I'm about as confident as just going as the opposite of what you guys are going to pick, so I'm going to go Jacksonville. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) It's good. Way to to be a member of the team. Dallas at New England. New England is hurting. I know that Mohamed Sanu wants to try to go. I know that Tom Brady was on injury report, but he will play. But there are other guys that are banged up. Their O-line is banged up. This is tailor-made for Dallas to win. This is Dak in his chance to do things that no one does, which is beat Tom Brady at home, beat Belichick at home. I think they've lost two games in 11 years at Foxborough. Uh, So this is so foolish of me to do because it's Jason Garrett. But I, I really like how Dak Prescott is playing. I think that New England is banged up, and I think the Cowboys are going to get them on the road and continue to make a playoff push. All those reasons you listed right there are very good reasons you should pick the Cowboys, which is why I'm taking the Patriots. Because you're probably right. Because we've seen this before so many times. I know. And listen, Tom Brady on the injury report is always a Trojan horse. They throw him on there. Just it was like, oh, he's got a cough. Okay, put Tom Brady on the injury report. They're supposed to. They you know they change injury report a couple years ago to try to clear that up. Belichick will still put him on there. He's probably right to go. I'm taking the Patriots. I'll take the Patriots too, guys. Mm, Green Bay at San Francisco. Great Sunday night football matchup. This begins this murderer's row for the 49ers where they go Green Bay at home, at Baltimore, at New Orleans. We're going to find out a lot about this team in the remainder of this season. One loss right now. I think they're going to have two come Monday. I'll take Green Bay on the road to beat the Niners. So I'm still bucking the trend here. I've got New England losing at home and San Fran losing at home. You guys? I'm going to go San Francisco for the win here. I feel like the the Packers defense has gotten a little shaky here. I know they kind of a bend-don't-break mentality, but I'm thinking they're going to break here on Sunday Night Football. This one's really tough for me because I want to trust Aaron Rodgers. I know I can't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but, man, that defense for the 49ers, that's real, and that will probably send – Aaron Rodgers to the press scrum afterwards in a very sour face. Uh, Maybe, but I, I can see them running the ball. I wouldn't lay points on San Francisco, but I will probably take them to win outright. And then finally Monday, Baltimore at Los Angeles. Look, Lamar Jackson's probably the MVP front runner right now. Ravens might be the most balanced team in the league, but I'm picking the Rams to win the game. I don't no. know what I'm doing this week. I'm no. picking the Rams. Ravens. Rams. Really? I don't know why. It makes no sense. There are a few of these that I'm just going gut feeling on. And, you know, it's the NFL, so who knows what's going to happen. I'll tell you, we'll be on OutKick Thursday and Friday. 
We'll see you then. We send you to Fox Sports Sunday. Brian, no Andy Furman. Those guys are jacked up to talk sports. Stick with us here on Fox. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.